Hey guys, Steve here. Potent Ponics. Today we're going to talk about growing with fishes. Growing with fishes. Hey everybody, welcome to Growing with Fishes podcast, episode 335. Um, we originally were hoping to have uh, David Scott on, where uh, he's having some technical difficulties, so uh, we're going to have, uh, if he can manage to work those out, hopefully he can still join us. Uh, if not, um, we're going to uh, have an episode with uh, Dutch Blooms and Rasta Bob instead, so uh, we can still have great content for you guys today. Uh, two wonderful people that uh I very much look up to in the cannabis industry. So uh, how's it going there, uh, uh, Josh? Good, man. Um, yeah, dude, I, I, I'm stoked to, always fucking stoked to talk to both of you guys, especially stoked, stoked to talk to Rasta Bob. Um, truth be told, I was hopping on to Fanboy Out with Charles. Um, he's been doing some cool shit, and I, he's been on my radar for a couple of years now. And so I just wanted a chance to connect with him. But uh Fuck, dude! Every time I, I get a chance to connect with with uh, with Bob, I'm learning something, and um, I really appreciate his knowledge and his passion for for what he does. So it'll be a good show to fucking just just bullshit, you know? Oh yeah. We also have uh, Rasta Bob from Jamaica, who's uh, one of my uh, one of the people I've definitely learned a lot from when it comes to to tropical growing. Thanks for joining us, Bob. That looks like you stepped away for a moment there. Uh, You're on the mute, bro. He's muted, one or the other. All right, yeah, man, give thanks, you know. Yes, I trust everything is going good, man. And Potent Panics, just, just, you know, members of the community. And just thanks to be a part of it. I was really looking forward to the same thing like Dutch was saying, you know, I was really looking forward to just picking Charles, you know, it's a... We call him the general, picking the general brain. So he did some great work here, you know, knew him a lot of, in terms of, I would say like a legacy, you know, it's somebody that you just heard about, kind of like a mystic. You know, you just kind of heard about these people and they existed and lo and behold, he ended up on the island doing some work and, you know, set up a real great farm train, a great, you know, amount of our locals. In terms of upgrading their knowledge onto like modern day, you know, running a cannabis operation, modern day style, you know what I mean? So, you know, trimmers and, you know, proper humidity and, you know, just a proper workflow, proper signage, keeping all clones, you know, together and timing, you know, stuff like that, timing of harvest. And, you know, yeah, so it was a real cool. So I was really looking forward to, as I say, you know, it's just a wealth of, information so i just seeing if i could hang around but yeah i guess you know we are here and you know looking forward to this hanging out good vibration yeah so where are you uh in your planting i know i know you're well oh, sorry let's say before we get too far started let me uh let me run our ad for our classes real quick here in the beginning of the episode and then we can dive into the conversation all right. There we go. If you're looking for more education on aquaponic cannabis, please consider the aquaponic cannabis masterclass at apmjclass.com, featuring over seven days of 
in-depth, hands-on educational content with Marty Waddell and Stephen Reisner as your guides through the aquaponic cannabis universe. We'll cover everything from construction of large commercial facilities, home size systems, backyard systems, nutrients, pest control, diseases, everything you can think of, and, uh, and so much more. So be sure to check that out at apmjclass.com. And if you're looking for aquaponic cannabis or living soil uh, pest control courses, please check out uh, thepestclass.com where we have a huge in-depth course on pest control, how to make your own um, bio controls, as well as in-depth guides and identification guides for a whole slew of different pests that you might encounter in your aquaponics garden. And it's not strictly just geared towards cannabis, uh, it's also geared towards vegetables as well. So be sure to check that out if it's something you think you might need to improve in your education. Well, um, I guess uh, we'll let you guys take start off. I know, uh, 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 Josh, you had some questions for Austin Bob, so I'll let you kind of start off. Yeah, I was just bullshitting, but I was just, I would, you know, for for us in the in the West Coast, uh, U.S., it's spring, and uh, we're planting. And I know you're always kind of continually going down there, but you're you also have a little bit of a season. Where where do you where are you guys at? uh, down there in the season. Are you, uh, coming in, you coming into winter? Is that right? It, it's oh, May. Yes, it's spring. springtime. Springtime. Same thing. Sorry. I'm, I am, I'm a fucking idiot when it comes to geography a bit, how it all works. So that's why I ask. No problem. As long as you ask, it's a better way to start, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got a, um, I totally dork out and I've talked about this a bunch on, on cloning and I do water cloners. That's kind of like my, what's worked out for me, but it's a, a fucking pain in the ass. You know, it's, it's, it's a good, good thing. I think in terms of being um, not using rock wool or, or plugs, you know, in terms of being a little bit more sustainable, you can just, you know, buy, buy the cloner and then use water essentially in a little bit of cleaning solution. Um, but I was surprised we were rapping a few months ago, just text messaging. And you were, you were showing me how you just fucking stick them in the ground, man. And uh, maybe <laughs> throw a little shade cloth on them. And I was like, God damn it. You know, like, uh, really, no, really makes crap. me feel shitty, bro. <laughs> and then I show you the clone like, a couple months after, you know, two, three feet tall. Yeah. Looking good. Well, <clears throat> all right. You know, Generally speaking, you know, as a, as a, as I guess, as a grow advisor on a whole, cloning is just all about environment. You just have to keep the environment great. So what you see me do there, it can only be done maybe twice for the year at that particular spot. So a couple of times out of the year, I can get away with that shit right there. But it's not going to be right throughout the year because the temperature is just perfect. The sun is not scorching hot enough. You know, it's nice and cool. So you get that dry kind of cool, well, more like a cool mice. I don't know what to describe. It's just right to me it's the clone. That's all it is, just a proper environment to clone. So it's almost feeling sweaty, but kind of cool. You know, so it's a little bit damp, but fairly cool, you know, in temperature-wise. So it's not hot enough to scorch the plant. And, you know, once it roots within four or five days, 
you're pretty much good. Once it has roots, you're pretty much all right. That's half the journey right there. You kind of have to mess it up. Once you get roots, you kind of have to fuck it up from there, you know? So that's really it. And generally, if do you're you, doing a business, it's do all about preparation. Do you do Which any one? preparation? Do you do any preparation, like any rooting hormone just type thing vera. or any cleaning? If I have to sometime, no, sometimes I use aloe vera. I'll just cut a piece of aloe vera and then use that. But usually now, depending on the strain. So that's why I was telling you that what I was really reporting is that your G, it was a black lime, BLR times G13, GA. Yeah, I can't, yeah, that was what it was. BLR, so it's black lime. Black reserve, lime reserve. Times um, the GH13 or G13 here, something. Yeah, was it, were those seeds or was it the cutting? Seed, seed. Yeah, so that was that would have been the uh, black lime reserve. No, it would have been. Um, this is what it was, dude. It was the black wop gold, which is black lime reserve, cross testerosa. Yes, 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 yes. B L R T capital T X. Yep, yep. I'm trying to remember what's written on the part. And, and that and that was crossed with the T K. Something yes, 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 yes. So out of all of them that I ran from last year, so basically <clears throat> what I showed you was my mothering zone. So I have a little regime that I do with my mothers, right? So I already forward thinking into I have maybe two or three male studs that I've been running for a couple of years. You know, one is very Afghani, one is kind of would be equatorial, you know, super balanced, and then one is. Yeah, let's call it land risk, very land risky, you know, land race, land risky to put it to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so those are the three meals that I kind of have. So, you know, already I take a couple cuts off the mothers, put them in the mother field and then, you know, basically do a light pollination on them. So they kind of veg with belly, the, the veg kind of pregnant, if you call it that stage. So I might get maybe like, you know, a hundred sacks on it, not a whole crap load, you know, maybe 150. 200 seeds. So while it's vegging, re-vegging basically. So like, you know, so it's just a, a stress test. So I'd put like a couple of them out there. So they did good. They vegged all right. They popped all right. They cloned all right. Now they go outside full sun, get the full treatment, see if they can re-veg. So I put them into flower, give them a little pollination, and then see if they re-veg. And if they re-veg really well, what I do a lot of time now is take clones off those plants and put them around the plant. So that's what I did with your clone. So I had your mother plant, was already pollinated, took some clones off of it, put it underneath the plant because the whole intention is that I'm going to cut the mother plant down <clears throat> completely once all the clones, <clears throat> once all the clones make it, maybe put them under two or three weeks light and then put them immediately into flower. So I have yeah. seeds out of it. You get what I'm saying? So it's, it's a way yeah, I totally. Can yeah, I like it. Practice. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll have a whole bunch of seeds that are variety, but I don't release them until, you know, so I kind of do the testing at the same time. <clears throat> and then a lot of time, because depending on the stages of the mother, so I have an avenue of the giants that's done stupendously. Same thing. She does everything you want, you know? So I've actually have her right now pulling the seeds from her. I have her seeds popped beside her that are maybe two feet tall. She's about four foot. So I'm going to cut her. You know what I mean? So it's just a process I go through. And then, you know, depending how they come out, 
that strain is passed on. But if not, you know, you kind of just bird feed the seeds, you know what I mean? Sure, so, sure. yeah. And if you have the mother and you have the father, you can really do now a proper breeding all over again and really get a whole crap load of seeds. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. That's fucking dope. I like that. I was, I was thinking along the same lines, lines with this, what I got going on right now, because I'll throw a bunch of, bunch of seeds in my greenhouse and the greenhouse space is, is pretty valuable, you know, um, costs a lot. Right. And, uh, but, but those half, those are males, you know, so I pack them pretty tight. Like I got them like, you know, 12 inches on center, you know, just their little four node plants. Um, so I'll end up having to pull all the males, but I'll, I'll take cuttings. That's how I, I'll pull up. I'll yank it out and take a cutting at the same time, put it in my, those are my cloners. And uh, that way I can, I can watch them uh, flower out a little bit because I'll keep them in my cloners under 12, 12. Um, but, but I was thinking about basically a, a, after the run, um, just revegging everything because the, the way the cycle is going to work out right now, I'll, I'll pull it down right about the end of July. And so I could, I could flip the lights on just to give it a boost for about three, four weeks, get those revegged and be right into the natural cycle. And it would be just as fast as, as if I was, um, you know, replanting with clones and shit, you know what I mean? So, I, but I like the idea of just taking the cuttings and putting them right next to it. Cause I can do that on the fly as I'm pulling my males, you know, with my extra veg space. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have a small oh, space and a small workforce. You got to make it work. When I was in Jamaica, I learned, uh, and maybe Bob, you can talk about this a little bit more, but when you plant like this similar seed batches from similar gene pools uh, in large quantities on week three and week four, you can figure out which ones are male, which ones are female, especially when you're flowering or growing them in 12-12. Um, I remember that the Rastas down in uh uh, on the western side of the island. We're yeah, traditionally that. the tall ones, you know, the big tall ones are always assumingly are males, you know. So especially when you don't have the time, it's kind of a mm, not too bad bro science to work with. You know what I mean? So that's why it was really a learning curve for me where where we trade seeds, we trade it by the quart. And a quarter seeds, you know, like a 750, 750 milliliter jar or a thousand milliliter jar, you know, maybe on the island, when you work out the exchange rate would be maybe like 20, maybe like $200, you know. So when somebody wants to give you 10 seed for, you know, 30 or 40, 50, it's kind of, all right, you're giving me like six months work because I have to make it to this level. So that's why. It's so inherent. I have to take my breeding so, so in mind of stability and resilience so that basically when you give somebody a pack, they can work this freely and it's good to work because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's environmentally stable, environmentally savvy genetics, you know. So that's really why the veg game and the finish game, yes, at the end result, it does count in terms of potency and flavor and this and that, but you just have to be able to make it to market in the crash, cash crop world, which is any cash crop, tomatoes, peppers, you have to be able to make it to market. So, you know, chilies, certain things might not be the most potent, but they are most abundant, the yield per plant and stuff like that. So you find something to do with it, you know what I mean? So chili sauce, so it's like that, so. 
yeah, man, the breeding and using ethical breeding along your vibration is, is, is worth it. So that's why even people like working with the general, I'm saying, you know, you know, in the way he breeds. And so, for example, he has this whole skunk from scratch. And I'm like, yo, that's fucking genius, you know. Makes sense. You know, if the whole skunk was really last, people having problem to find it. You know the parental lineage. You have parental lineage, so you can basically quote unquote skunk from scratch. You know, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, man. Goodbye, bro. Just over at uh, at his spot, weren't you over at, at Dave's? You want to tell us about it a little bit, and then maybe a little bit about your farm? Yeah, man. Well, that farm is more like with like a preservation project, you know, Rasta research, and he really had his hands on a lot of equitable genetics that fairly old and you know every breeder you kind of need to revamp your stock so me personally i try to do it maybe every seven years at least just freshen up certain certain batches of seed that you really want to keep alive you know so with what was going on and then he expresses some as i said these, these genetics are solid in terms of their origin where they're from you know, notoriety, and then when you look at it and actually consume it and compare to what everybody said it should consume, grow, it kind of matches up, you know. So when the farm over there, it's, it's, it's in the southern part of St. Catherine, which is in one of the drier parts of Jamaica, you know, fairly not too high above sea level. But it does really well in terms of giving you all the swings that you would need, but yet still keeping it not as humid, it's dry and hot. So you get the cushions and a lot of those strains will really perform really well. You know, and then because of the length of time that the hazes take, the veg state, that's like perfect for them. And when the season is closing up and the rain wants to come in and you get like pre-hurricane season, you know, that's like when they're finishing up. So, you know, it turns out great to put, give them that extra boots to go into flowering, so. You know, you know, supreme location and the, the genetics, as I'm saying, it's crazy because a lot of them, there's about three or four. I have to even ask him to remember which one, but I know one of them was some Colombian, I think a three-way Colombian, and another one is a Mexican. But almost I could say growing up, it could really pass to what we know as lamb's bread. So it's like, you know, somebody from a complete different side of the globe, complete, but almost exact same expression. You know, so yeah, yeah, man. So yeah, it's just yeah, good vibration and the raciness in terms of. I think the biggest thing for me with the land race that I like is the the length of time that the high lasts, and then the lack of a ceiling. You know, it's not so one dimensional. It's almost like, well, wow, I thought this was sativa, but it ended up being an indica. You know, so it's like, what's going on here? You know, so. Yeah, yeah, it's nice warpy, almost mushroomy, some of them sometimes. These Cambodians, yo, Nepalese kind of, yo, it's, it's, it's just the experience. I can't say a lot of the flavors, and it's like you get to love the flavor. It's almost like a fine scotch or a fine whiskey. Nobody's going to hit it and be like, oh, this is the best lemonade I've ever tasted. But after right. a while, maybe the palate and the effect are maybe because you drink it with your dad all the time, it has a certain nostalgic, you know, whatever, entourage effect, but you get to appreciate the flavor to the point that the experience now is like, yeah, you love the flavor, you know? So, yeah, I don't think that I've ever really got to experience that 
true sativa because like I came in so indica hard early on and have remained there because I have from pain, you know, my, 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 I came in, you know, from an accident needed extreme pain management. So I just hit fucking indicas really hard and have ever since. But so when I smoked the, the hate, the sativas or whatever, you know, the, the equatorial, it, um, all it is is flavor to me. And that, that, like you say, that, that I'm not really jamming on it. Some of it's got some, you know, there's definitely, there's, there's different flavors that are all interesting in there. You know, I'm not saying they're not good, but um, I also haven't got, got to experience a direct grown equatorial. You know, the only thing I've experienced is fucking indoor shit, you know, and maybe a little bit of greenhouse. So I know that that's got to really affect it too, you know. Um, what, what I would like to hint on just before we stray from the argument is that I find that the, the pain management experience with these varieties are extremely similar. It's almost like any ganja will assist you with pain. However, the experience is a bit different. So meaning that some of them help you with the pain, but you relax. So you might go to sleep, you have a nap. Some of them now is like you consume it, especially with these equatorial that we're talking about. And it's way down in the evening, you're saying, somebody's looking at you saying, Josh, wasn't your back hurting you earlier? And you're like, fuck, I cleaned the garage, I did this, I did that. You didn't even realize it's more of a functional. It's not like the pain went away, now, but your functional ability. It's like you can deal with it a little easier. You know, you're the tool you feel some way compelled to do a yoga stretch in that particular spot, even though you've never done yoga before. But for some reason, you just feel to take a stretch, take two breaths, and you find yourself now sweeping up the garage or, you know, doing something. So the functional ability in terms that I find is, 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 is the difference. But in terms of the pain, you know, so like, oh, it doesn't really help for pain. Yeah, but don't you realize that you went outside, you watered the plants, you swept off the driveway, and you told me that you haven't got out of bed in the past two, three days. So, yeah, I think, you know, so sometimes you might not even notice it if you overstand what I'm, you know? Totally. Yeah, man. <coughs> May is, uh, at least if memory serves me right, is butterfly season there, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, Fabio. What is it called? Your, your BT. Get your BT up, your diapelis, entire or whatever you use, whichever brands. Basilia, Sturgon, Genesis, you know. You know the worms are coming, caterpillars coming. Once you see the lot of butterflies, you just gotta give it three, four days and start your BT regime. Yeah, man, that should uh, I remember there was like clouds of them think like and also too sitting on the porch for like three hours at the end of the day and just watching like they just kept coming and coming 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 in the morning too you'd be out having coffee or whatever in the morning and there's just everywhere i've never seen so many at once before you still like oh you have the serpents i know you're into the old snakes and all that shit but you know when you find them all balled up and it looks kind of weird. It's the same thing, you know, it's a mating season, and you know, so it's all that excitement, all that stuff going on. There's certain trees that only bloom. A lot of people tie it in with examination time, like a lot of the school or the tertiary education when we went to college. A lot of these trees would bloom, and we're like, fuck, it's exam time, you know, it's examination time, it's coming around. And 
it comes with the butterflies and caterpillars all over the benches and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. It's just an indicator to just keep your stuff managed, you know, especially if you work with living soil and stuff like that. I always recommend people plant out your pollinators first, you know, so your marigolds and your dill and all that stuff, just get all that stuff established first and, you know, keep your seedlings or keep your stuff vegetatively, whether you use sulfur, which that is just my go-to. I'm not a big fan of whole bunch of other shit, you know, just kind of veg them tall, sulfur them up, put them outside and, you know, they'll, they'll be all right. What are what are some of the preparations that you guys are making out there for for your different fertilizers? I remember them doing like a milk and fruit skin fertilizer down on the, the west side, um, where they would take milk and, and uh, mango skins and and sour sauce. I hear you say this a lot, you know, and I I just I like to put in these disclaimers, just like with you know Josh earlier. You can try the mango leaf tech, you know, and put it up, but your environment just has to be right. That is the condition, you know. So, for example, using milk as a foliar for your PM, it can work, but your environment has to be right. You, you overstand, so you know that maybe you're just fresh off a rain or you're expecting rain in the next couple of days. So these things are you have to bear in mind. So using these things are very milk. Fruits are very dominant. You, have to, you usually put it at a point where your pest pressure is very low. Can imagine applying that now when you're in flower, which is very attractive to a lot of pests. You see what I'm saying? So it has a lot of contingencies around. So a lot of people would make sure that they put in their ashes and their neem or whatever before. So at least you have that going. And then you apply you know, your sweet stuff. And so at least when the pest should come in, you're good to go. So if you notice with applications of any type of fertilizer, it's always good to put a spray regime behind it because you're going to increase the natural growth in the plants and so forth. So you want to give them some protection. So same way when you work out how you rest and you stretch, you need to put in some things that stress relief, you know, so whether, you know, you have these things coming on your plant, so it's just wise to do it at the same time. So as you give it a drench, you should probably give it the you know, your foliar, whatever you use, you know what I mean? So as I said, all these are very environmentally dependent. So it's not like, yeah, Bob said use Aki and this and that, and you can go, yeah, you can. You just make sure that the environment for all the photocalls are, you know? In no, and that's, that's really it. Like, you know, uh, Every every time I put like a some sort of educational post um, on Instagram or whatever, I always have a certain percentage of people that are just like, you know, they're they're just confused. You know, they're 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 not really hating; they're just confused and like. But everyone's you know, I, I remember like most everyone is growing in a, in a indoors in a tent or indoors in a in a pots like, you know, to get people even to, to grow indoors in a bed is like, yeah. to a lot of people, you know, and so. It, <laughs> then oh yeah, it's all the, everything's fucking wild in their head, you know. But but uh, and, and they even they may be even really experienced indoor, organic, you know, living soil growers and not having had the experience. And you and I have ex- spoke about this, you know. I I'm a first generation farmer, and I've been doing it, you know, for 10, 15 years, and that's my experience. Um, and, and then what I've learned from others, but 
you you are you're you're in a culture of, of cannabis farmers and it's been the information's been passed down and then the, and you're doing it outdoors and so you are able to observe the environment and know when the right right time to do things you know i i've started to learn some of those tricks too just when the right time you could do a couple things here once or twice a year you can get away with with shit you know and um it's the it's i don't know just 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 kind of commenting man about that that concept you know that people need to get some more time outside yeah totally right and that's even when i work with the general now it's good when i can have even steve you know i can bounce a lot of these things off of them because i don't even know why it works i really don't you know but i can just tell you that my aunt told me they are you know this and i've tried it over and it has produced results continuously so you know, I'm scared to even try this Solpo Masher. I don't know the Yanasan. I don't even know what is these things, you know. So, yeah, you know what I mean? I always, so, I, I always thought it'd be fun. So, you know, the diatoms in Jamaica. So, in the water, if you go at the right time of year, there's these uh, glow in the dark diatoms that make this yeah. ocean and the waves blue and stuff. I always thought it'd be fun to take like a really fine sieve, like a 25 micron bag or a 10 micron bag, go collect a shit ton of them and then like ferment them and put that on the plants and see like, what would that do? Just, just from up here, like, you know, mad scientists. I'm saying your, your brain works differently. (laughs) Yeah, totally see it. You know, just the other day, we had a whole bunch of the apple. You know, the old to eat the apple has these bright pink blossoms, you know, and then mangoes. So we have like three mango trees and two old to eat the apple trees. And there's this whole bunch of blossoms, you know. So when they, they raked up the yard, it's just basically like, you know, two four foot piles of blossoms. And I was like, hmm, this is probably like good bloom food right here, you know. So I was like, all right, let me just get a fresh batch of worms and all you guys are going to eat just blossoms that's all you're gonna eat so check it out in a couple weeks couple months you know and see what's happening and test it out you know but so yeah, yeah i can totally over it but it takes you know i like when the scientists are there to give so for example why the name so a lot of people me and the general had this conversation so he doesn't you know like the name and this that that and when i explain to him about how we use it because in why i know you won't see it work. It's because of how you apply it. So one, you have to have ensure, and this is for everything. You have to ensure proper application. Is it covering the plant? Is the coverage good? Is it sticking there? And then is it affecting negatively the plant? You know, so is it burning if the sun is too hot? You know, things like that. So good. So you clear that step one. Step two, now what is the mode of action? So neem really affects a lot of the reproductive cycle. So if you are trying to attack these things, you know, they, they are born in like 48 hours. Some of them have like a, a 72 hour hatch rate. So that would mean that you'd have to apply this thing every three days for at least a three session or a four session time to really break that cycle. So as we spoke about earlier, it's just really the engagement of how, you know, so it's not really a SOP, it's parameters of engagement and then knowing how to engage when the parameters have been breached, you know. So it's the same vibration I like when I can look into these things and the scientists kind of help to explain, you know, why going, it makes it a lot easier now. So even the chrysanthemums that he has found out by 
the um the farm and you say oh but this is what they used to make spinicide this is the exact same strain so i can just make an extract an ethanol extract i'm like cool all right yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm on that vibration i was saying something similar to a dude you know and he was a, a degreed botanist and i'm not i'm 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 high school educated you know um and i and i was it wasn't it was it, i I just, I always kind of generally feel this, that, that, that the university is behind the, the very leading edge of, of, a, of a field, even though, the, the, like, just like what you were saying, in, in our case, like, uh, the university can help, ex- help us explain, and both of us learn together, that, that, that knowledge base, um, what's really fucking going on, you know what I mean? Because, because, uh, when there, anytime I've been into a university study or or, or program or uh, grow, it's just a fucking shit show. <laughs> and you're like, you guys are making fucking rules and writing papers on this shit. You know what I mean? Like, what's up, Tommy? Respect, Tommy. What up, Josh? What up, uh, what up, Rasta Bob? Long time, man. I haven't, I haven't heard you on anything long time. Good hearing you. In the bush with the family, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's most important anyway. Sometimes you got to, you know what I mean? I, I've been trying to, I've been trying to take a little break too, but no, it's, it's good, man. It's it's cool to uh, hear you on here. So I figured I'd, I'd jump in. I got the opportunity. I got the link set to me. So, yeah, I'm just hanging. I just got done transplanting some, uh, some indoor beds, smoking some Royal Kush. And uh, drinking a little beer, just hanging out. Do you grow outdoor, Tommy, or do you just do just do indoor? Yeah, remember I got second place last year outdoor in the sun grown. Oh, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I was. I didn't know. I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Don't make me go get my trophy. <laughs> need to. You need to. No, way no, to no, say I, it I though. Way, to, way to say it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You don't remember, bro. <laughs> Yeah, every time you go alive, you need to have it on your shoulder, you know. But everything's uh, organic. What what was that, Bob? I'm sorry. Now, just saying, you need to go for your trophy, man. Every time you go live on the screen, you need to have it on your oh, shoulder. Yeah, have, it it right have, have it on your hat or something, you know. Put it in the oh, no, backdrop. It, I don't know what you call I'm, those backdrop thingies. I'm coming for first. Um, no, uh, so Josh, I'm actually putting uh uh what is it so it's that it's that post malone right and i i grew out some of those seeds that i got from you uh and i crossed that with my rambo and uh it made this really crazy like you know i just picked this real crazy outlier out of the ones i got uh out of that cross and uh i recently had a tent with uh basically everything everything in the tent got mildew and this one was in the corner just you know what i mean like standing there kind of flawless with no mildew so that's going that's going outdoor here i want to try that one this year what's it what's it taste like uh it's like this really it's like a really sweet kind of like og kush almost but like it's like this weird it's really hard to describe uh you know, I mean, kind, you know, kind of like that, uh, you know, how whatever the the lineage on the 
on the no, possible it's the, the Gary, the Gary, the Gary right? yeah. yeah. So it's got some like funk from that, and then I just, uh, I, yeah, I don't know, like the the one, the one like. The, the one run I did, I just had one of those in the corner of just a, a room as well. And uh, it was just, it was terpier than everything. You know what I mean? It's like, man, it was just yeah. crazy, like how, how noticeable it was. So, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put a couple of those out. I'm putting the Chelsea, which is the one I got the, you know, the second place with, uh, put a couple of those out. They did really good last year. Uh I have uh, so one of the uh, one of the OG crosses from uh, from uh, Mean Gene Freeborn. I think it's Ghost OG cross or something. I, I I have it all written down. I <laughs> I'm not the, I'm not the sharp. You know what I mean? I'm not the Mister Know Every Cross kind of the guy. But uh, no, I was really looking back. I ran some Ghost OG to Jaro, maybe like three years. The yeah, same time I think it is. The Jaro, the Jaro, yep. I think it's oh, I have like three fridges that I have stuff stashed, you know, and I can't find these fucking, you know, because truthfully, the Jaro is one of those three and that loud, like really loud. And I admire that. I like that thing. Where I'm pretty sure I sent you some of that, dude, crossed with the roof here. Yo, I tell you, it's one of my, yeah. It's nice, you know? It's just really nice. The one I got, the one I kept, uh, I, I, I just kept it, you know, solely on Terps. Uh, and it does seem like it's kind of has the uh, kind of wiry, uh, stretchy kind of uh, frame to it. But uh, I, I, like I said, the, the Terps were crazy on it. So, yeah, I'm real excited. Yeah, man, when you pop the jam on, people come over the wall, you know, I'm like, yo. Some right, of that. right. Some and Gene <laughs> stuff is all, uh, you know what I mean. I, I would say if you're going to recommend somebody for outs, you know, outdoors, I would recommend you know, Dutch Blooms. You know, someone that you know that does it with the outdoor stuff. Nick, I'd recommend. But uh, yeah, so I'm excited to put that one, that one out there. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm only gonna do twelve. I heard in my I heard in my township here they're gonna try to start fining you for growing outdoors. You know what I mean? Like, like everyone has big yards. Like my yard's an acre and a half. My whole my whole lot. But you know what I mean? Everyone has pretty big. You know, close to an acre lots. But hey, it's kind of like it's kind of like a neighborhood. You know what I mean? And they're, I don't know. The fine is is fine might work out cheaper than the license. Just ask them, yo, can I get like a season pass? Let me just yeah, right, right. I know how do these fines work. Prepay, yeah, I'm gonna prepay May through uh, October. Yeah, yeah, pay them in in May. So is it her plant or is it? (laughs) Yeah, go right down to the fucking township with the big envelope. Just leave me alone. Here's your cut. Yeah, yeah. Just, just hold this and don't come back till October. Halloween. You know? <laughs> oh shit. I mean, probably worse, really. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, that's what I said. So, I actually found all this out because I don't. I don't go to the township meetings, but uh, my just neighbor, don't start it. Just don't start it. My friend from Jamaica said I can. A season pass. Oh, no, 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 no. Start here. <laughs> no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll never, I'll I'll never drag you into this. 
I highly recommend you don't go to the fucking township meetings, dude. It's nothing but a nightmare. Like for me, anyways, I know like it's the opposite of what people say. Get involved and get out the vote, but fuck, like it's so dis dis disappointing to be involved with that shit and try to like explain normal shit and to just like it to always be about money, you know? Right. Right. I yeah. can explain I mean, my. So we had a license application in Half Moon Bay, California. Now Half Moon Bay voted eighty-eight percent for Amendment sixty-four to legalize weed, which uh, you know no one likes Amendment sixty-four, but that's whatever. But the the township was eighty-eight percent pro weed. Now we went and to all of the uh, township meetings, talked to the city, did a whole educational weekend for free for their law, local law enforcement. For the um, uh, you know the Department of Natural Resources, the City Council, the Mayor was there, and we basically was like, "Hey, bring in all of your official people, and we'll go through like the different ways that people grow, the different chemicals people use, the ones that would potentially be a problem if they're using it in the water system, the ones that are expensive for water treatment, like kind of like trying to help them be educated on how to regulate it properly without being biased." You know what I mean? At least that, that's what the point of the, the educational weekend was. So we did all that. We also went and we're speaking on behalf of cannabis at every other meeting, which is when the cannabis topics are coming up. Uh, we didn't know that the other meeting every month, the local Catholic church was coming in with like scores of people and then like, you know, screaming all about how horrible cannabis is and why it's going to destroy the community. And then the day of the vote, there's these people that brought in these people that had like a dozen children and they wanted to do like the 10 reasons why um, cannabis should be kept illegal in Half Moon Bay. And it was like, how about eight reasons why you should use birth control? Like, you can't tell me you can afford 12 children. Like, are you fucking crazy? Like, get the fuck up out of here, you fucking psychopaths. Anyways, so they ended up bussing in like two busloads worth of people to speak against us and the anti-cannabis people spoke first and the pro-cannabis people spoke second. The meeting started at seven, the pro-cannabis people didn't even speak until almost 1 a.m. because they had so many people with three minute time slots to just jam up the fucking whole meeting. It was absolute bullshit. We burned $1.7 million or something like that all said and done on that project and never even got a fucking license. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I got, I, I did the township meeting as well. I mean, I've, I've been to them, trust me. And uh, uh, in the, basically in, out in the middle of nowhere here in West Michigan, uh, where I used to live, I, you know, I basically convinced them the whole thing, paid a lawyer to come talk to the whole township and explain to them, like, you know, what, what their options were and all this stuff. And then, then I moved away. And now, and now they're just running amok. There's like these huge, there's like these huge outdoor fields and uh, there's all kinds of, uh, I don't know, pollination. Like my one buddy, his patch gets pollinated every, every year, every other year. It's like, there's all, there's all kinds of just, they're just running amok. But originally, originally a township was like, well, what, you know, what, what would stop somebody from growing, you know? 10 acres like well you you know that's how where you come in and you can kind of 
you know, make it how you want. You can have one license, you can have a hundred, like whatever you want to do. And then, uh, yeah, they <laughs> once they started getting paid, this shit just blew right up. You know what I mean? Because there's like, there are all these blueberry farmers just sold their farms uh, and cashed out. You know what I mean? Because the, uh, the weed guys came right in and just converted them over. So, yep. Yep, it feels it feels good to do all the the legwork and then get no pay payoff for doing all that sitting in those township meetings and trying to make friends with these people and show them and then just move out of the way, you know move out of the way it was kind of oh it's it's fucking enraging it's exhausting yeah like oh geez yeah but, uh, so what um what else have you guys what have you guys been working on in your gardens as far as cultivars that I got a couple new cultivars. Go for it. Well, okay, yeah. What do I have? I have uh, I got a cut of that apples and bananas. Supposed to be a good one from uh, shout out to uh, Original Breeders League. I actually met him at the uh, at your conference, Josh, and uh, we did a little. You know, we did a little exchange. Uh, so I have the apples and bananas. I have something, what is it, cereals. So I guess that's, I'm guessing that's Skittles and, and cereal milk, cereal milk or whatever. I, I don't know what it even is. And then uh, blueberry, blueberry Z. So those are three new ones I have. Uh, I have a handful of other stuff that I, I, I can't even go up. You know, it's kind of just in holding. I got Having, some, you know. Got some apples and bananas right here. Uh, the flower right there. Yeah. What's it? What's it like? I don't. I don't even. I've never even smoked it. I just heard about it. I just told him to send me some trendy stuff. I got to keep up with the Joneses here. It's super cushy. Um, is it? Yeah, it's super cushy. It's not like what you think it is. It's definitely sweet, sweet and appley, but it's it's like bright cushy. You know. Okay. And yeah. uh, I was also told it doesn't do that great out outdoors, so I'm not putting those outside or anything. But I am gonna, you know, let let some of those rip. And uh, I had to stop popping seeds for a minute. It got a little out of hand. <laughs> it got a little out of control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not I'm making enough money here. in my bedroom, and like, <laughs> I'm like, this is not good. You know, what I mean? it's like everything is suffering a little bit just from not. Uh, you know, just just from overdoing it, trying to keep way too much stuff. So, I did a little spring cleaning, but no, that's about all I got. What What about you? Uh, what about you, Dutch? I know you, I know you always got some. Uh, some cool I'm uh, well, I I've been like, I've had a, not to. I know everyone. We're all having a shitty year, you know, to to some degree. But uh, so I've been, I've been really um in that and trying to figure shit out, and so. Um, I have they, the laws have been changing too, right from, from underneath my feet. So, um, effective, I think June twenty third, I can't have any seeds here. I, I have to have my, I have to move my seed business out of the state. Um, it's over to technical shit, and I, it's like a side consequence, you know. So, essentially, the, like the Delta eight and Delta ten gummies that have been coming in under the hemp bill and being sold in gas stations to kids. 
Um, they're trying to stop that. And so the way they wrote the rule was any cannabis plant or product that has any THC in it is considered cannabis and, and cannabis is under the recreational license license program, which I have a license for, mm-hmm. but I can only sell to seeds to other producers, to other growers. Um, and there's only five, six hundred other growers in the state. And they don't fuck, you know what I mean? Like they haven't fucked with me very much at this point. A few, a few have, but it's not a sustainable business. Um, and you know, we all know the deal with the, with the DEA and, and the farm bill and, and hemp and everything. And so, um, <clears throat> that's really been, been shitty for me. Um, uh, but, but subsequently, um, just like you were saying, like you, Tommy, things kind of got out of hand. Like I've been, I've been just kind of out of hand for a while but in terms of just doing too much. And so because of all this, I ha- I've been doing less and everything's looking really a lot better. Um, it's just looking great. I just, you know, I'm enjoying, enjoying it more, you know, so I just planted my whole greenhouse. Um, took me like a week, nice and slow, you know, doing it, hanging out with the kids and shit and um, finishing up a couple grow rooms, you know, that got, that have seeds going on in there. So I have uh, the Trans Am from Capulator that I'm going to hit up, hit all my clone stock with. Um, which I'm, I'm pretty excited. It's a God's gift across the white. Um, and I, I, that's, it's just totally out of, it's nothing in, in the genetic pool that I ha- that I fuck with. So it should be really nice. And it's all sativa looking It's skinny leaf, you know? Um, so it should be a nice, nice cross to make some interesting, you know, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That white is, that white is, cr- I mean, I, it's a good name for it. I, I had it for a little while. And I, I lost it unintentionally, but never got it back. But uh, that white is pretty crazy. <laughs> like white, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah. I can't really, you know, it's more just like a hashy kind of flavor to, you know what I mean? There's no real, like, there's no real yeah. flavor. It's like hash. <laughs> it's like something hash. Again, I guess not. Yeah, so in my greenhouse, it's like, all root beer freeze and root beer freeze crosses. Um, and um, a bunch of testing stuff from Gene. Like, and it's all Kush stuff. It's, it's ghost OG, special indica crosses, um, with some grape lime skunk, lime one, lime pop crosses. Stuff like that. A bunch of, but most of it's pretty cushy. Is the was the overall theme, which I'm really happy just to to, to look through all that stuff. So, um, yeah, and it's in like I like I guess my point point was that it's it's really nice to just be doing that and just to like focus on that and you know do a yeah. good job and you know what I mean. Yep, yep. Like I said, yeah, I said my just yeah my bedroom. You know what I mean. It was just, you know, a bunch of pot bomb plants, a bunch of stuff that I was like, I just had to make the decision on a bunch of stuff, you know, a bunch of crosses that I made, like, oh, it's good, you know what I mean? I'm like in love with my own, my own creation, like, oh, you have a bunch more of these seeds, just cut it the fuck down, chill out. So that's what I did, kind of, yeah, just, 
I geared down a little bit, but I, yeah, I'm doing a big vegetable garden, um, uh, as well. You know what I mean? As well. So I got all that going on too. So I had a bunch of starts that you're going to grow a giant pumpkin, not a giant pumpkin, just some normal pumpkins. Grow a giant pumpkin. No, I mean, I, I've seen what that involved. I, I used to, uh, I had a friend. Yeah, as we just <laughs> talk about taking it easy, like, come on, dude, grow a giant pumpkin. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll be out there with the shade cloth and the, and the little uh, heated cables and little hammock for the biggest. Person. The biggest thing to grow big pumpkins is to bury the vines. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, there's a bunch of shit. Those guys are, are nuts, out just like we are. Yeah. Yeah, no. Are you doing one of those this year? No. No? No, I'm not did doing you, much of anything you else. One last year? You did one last year or no? Yeah, dude, and I fucking lost the one? beans. So so the, I, the whole thing was I, did, I didn't grow a huge one. Uh, I was not successful at growing a huge one, but I was like, okay, well, at least I got some beans that I can work with, you know, and um, and I, I fucking lost them, bro. I cannot find them. I've scavenged my, my, my whole shit, and I cannot find these beans. So... Um, I'm just taking that as a sign too, just to chill it, chill it out. You know, there's no money in that for me. <laughs> yeah, those giant pumpkins, those giant pumpkins or something. What's up? Yeah. What about you, Bob? What's what's Bob? What's Bob got going down? Uh, many things. Huh? What is your definition of? Kush. Describe to me the flavor, the terrapin profile. Uh, I would say like OG Kush to me, you know, like the uh, yeah. That's, what a, that's, is a, that's that's a wide, uh, that, it's a wide, wide, wide kind of profile, right? Like in my mind, it can go all the way from uh, like like mm, uh, pine, astringent, gassy to sandalwood soap um cilantro um even into tennis ball burnt rubber you know you know it's kind of a range well yeah that's what i'm saying og kush there's a lot of ogs yep those are all all right so when it's an og kush then what what should og kush smell like og kush like still even at that it has like four flavors like oh like the ghost Mm-hmm. which is um how, how do i describe the ghost like a menthol but not like a menthol but like a, almost like a almost menthol, menthol but more on the soap side menthol soap yeah menthol soap extremely sesquiterpy just really stays around you know you just it just holds in the back of your mouth it has a real yeah. nice mouth then the then the sfv san fernando is that more limey gassy um that's the one that i grew up on and um there's a few others I, i'm not i i can't fucking lay it out i'm not the smoke like, is heavy too you know what i mean it's that thick rich smoke it's not you know yeah it's not that that burning hot kind of well, uh, i'm saying that you know you say as a breeder you know i spent maybe the past five years doing my best to put some good things in my toolbox that I can say is a good representation of a Kush, good representation of a Hoji. So that's why I was able to say, when you said a ghost between 
um, between Jackson's work and there was two other breeders that, you know, was kind enough to get me some OG. I was able to kind of, so it was a ghost OG Jaro. So basically you can know what the Jaro is because I had two other Jaros. So it was easy for me doing the breeding to breed out. Yeah, you understand what I mean? And get a good representation of what I would consider a ghost. The yeah. SFV was the only other one that I was able to put my hand on, like a couple different what people would say are S1s of, you know, SFV. Mm -hmm. And then Family Trees, Tyler had a very good um, SFOG that he did to his palm, you know, nice kind of almost like astringent, as you were saying, but like salon, had a salon kind of astringency, like hairsprayish kind of, but still fruit, yeah. little bit of, you know, yeah. But the grow pattern and so forth, the terps, I find that even with the same cutting, I can carry to three different geographic locations and it will still produce different terp, different growth patterns, you know? So, but they will still have a general vibration about them, you know? So that's why when it's like the cushion, you know, I just say from carpet, like a real carpet, like I don't know what it's like a carpet, you know, like a dirty carpet, and then it goes all the way up to a nice spread of ranges from my experience. So the only reason I'm tying this in is that that was really the project that was coming off of last year. You understand? And then putting a lot of these now into what you guys, you know, just to yeah. kind of play with. So I've been putting out a lot of those. Genetics now and Irish genetics are the armor, blue raspberry truffle. I do, I do a lot of work from He was one of the first oh, breeders. That's a, really, yeah, that's a good one. You know. I grew that before. That blue raspberry right. truffle, that's that's got that uh that's got that sour candy kind, you know. That's a good name yeah. for it. Really good name for it. Yeah. So a friend of mine now took it to F2 and you know gave me about maybe you know a couple of nice amount. But I have a grapefruit skunk that I have kept maybe like three, four years. So I only have about three, four mothers that I really keep. And one of them is not really a mother. It's more of a <laughs> an author. So put it this way. For example, Tommy, like you say, you have a person, your own personal strain. I have a strain that I, I just call it the ugly skunk. But it's really spelled O-G-L-E-E. -E. So it's ugly, like happiness. But, you know, just for slang, we say ugly skunk. You know, so it doesn't lean itself, but it's just something that produces very well in the Kingston region for years. I've had this plant maybe from 2004. So what I do every year that I do my planting, once I find a real nice male, I just put it on it, pop some seed, find a female, keep that female going and going. So it's not really a cut. It's just like a mother, a daughter of a daughter of. And I right. keep that data going until I find another male. So sometimes the male takes three years to pop up, four years to pop up, you know, and I just keep going. And so it just keeps, you know, going on. So it just because you now it was super sativa all along, basically. You know what I mean? It got hit with Nepalese, Himalayan along the way. It got hit with some Indian genetics along the way. But the last breeding was like <laughs> a real OG, you know? So it's the first time it would say, the OG line. So I just put that out and then the blue raspberry truffle to the grapefruit skunk, you know, so a couple of those playing with the ice cream cake to the Kandahar, 
that you know there was like a couple meals that i couldn't turn my back on those i don't know man from veg they were just stink like i have no plants in flour and they were just rank in the place you know oh, and yeah, i yanked yeah. i yanked them out because there were three three seeds in a two gallon pot so i yanked the, the female coincidentally was in the middle and the two males on the outside you know so i basically just yanked the two males out I threw them down on top of like a little pile of compost, just threw some salt on top of them and just forgot about them, you know. And yo, four days, five days more, and them boys were up and running and stink, you know. I was like, God Lord. <laughs> so kept a couple of clones of them, kept a couple of clones. I ran them maybe three or four times. I mean, they're rooting like four or five days, and I don't have ideal, you know, I do full outdoor under fucking trees and shit. That's how I root. So if you can make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't, you know what I mean? Nice. Nice. So, yeah, so I put them on a lot of, lot of the genetics, you know, the blue raspberry truffle. So, you know, just have a lot of those seeds kind of playing around with, basically. But our yeah, guest yeah. speaker that should have come in for tonight, that's really where I was kind of driving home now. Now that I've cored in and really got what I think is a good spectrum of the world genetics, what he has to offer as a breeder, what would he suggest me put in my toolbox. So for example, I know he has like a memories of Afghanistan, which is like a fucking three-way back cry. I don't know, he has to explain it, but four different regions of Afghanistan, well polished into a, you know, a memory oh, of Afghanistan genetic. Yeah, the yeah. Afghan all-star, huh? Right, yeah, and then he has yeah. kind of similar representation from like a Mexican, you know, and then like a high-level Mexican, and then, you know, Colombian. I don't want to get the names mixed up. Right, you know, right. But, so stuff like this, you know, it would be great, you know. Cambodian, I remember, yo, that orange pico. There was like this apple, yo, man. You know, anyway. As I said, you know, so things like this, as I read, that's a good thing about this you have to love it. You know, I hear you guys talking about the industry and when you laugh, it's like, I know exactly what that laugh means. Yeah, it's just because I love it. You know, it's that love <laughs> that really comes through. Yeah, you understand, you hear it in Potent, you hear it in Josh. You know, it's not like we can't list out how things are not going great. However, we have just dropped those in file 13 and keep... You know, we're looking at everything that's going great and we love it. We really do. You know, it's really a pleasure just to be able to preserve and share this 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 plan. Right. I don't got nothing else better to do either. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else I'd be doing. It wouldn't be any, anything for that. Here we go. It's my whole uh my whole lifeline, you know. I mean, I think I'd make a good bartender, you know. Oh yeah, you, you definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, uh, you know I get squirty. Oh, uh, what's it called? an accountant? I could do be a nice APC. What's what's it called? Them ACP, whatever. CPA. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I could make a nice one of those. The question in chat: How do you guys store your seeds? Uh, freezer, fridge. Uh, been having trouble with four to five year old seeds. Four to five year old seeds are just going to have a lower germination rate at that point, regardless, unless you're going to do a little bit of work with either gibberellic acid or um, not stored properly. I disagree. Well, you're going to have some I, reduction. I store, 
I store all my seeds in in the same place in this room that I'm in right now, and I keep this room. I, I also have freezers as backups, but I, I keep the freezers at 65 um, Fahrenheit, and I keep this room at 65 Fahrenheit and 45% humidity. And that way, because I the reason is I'm always packing seeds. I'm I'm always packing seeds like multiple times a week, so I need. If I had them in a, in a refrigerator and had to pull them out of the refrigerator and open them up, then I would then I would change the moisture content in the beans. And that's where shit gets fucked up and seeds get ruined is in temperature changes and, and fluctuations in moisture. Um, so for me in my situation and I, and I have I definitely have seeds that are at least six, seven years old that are, that are germinating just fine, you know, 90 eight percent 76 percent you know yes it's true it does it does go down like i'm not arguing the science of it um but I, but i think that you have a, a a fairly significant period if you want to to store them for a lot longer then you could keep them in a freezer um or a refrigerator but you know when i when i did that originally i you'd have a power outage in the fucking middle of summer and your freezer would defrost a little bit and it would change, you know, and, and I had a, a, a little seed pod that, that, that happened, something like that happened a couple of times, you know, but, and just like fucking ruined all the seeds, you know what I mean? Um, versus like these, this stuff that I just keep at this constant, you know, I can open this jar up and just leave it here on the counter all day. No problem. You know, like it's, it's all the same. So that, that's how it works for me. It works really well. Got a whole room. I'd say, uh, I mean, I just put mine in the fridge. I have mine in the fridge. I try to keep them all, all sealed. I have like one of those Pelican cases, you know. Uh, I just toss it in one, one of those. Most of my seeds are packs it from other people. And then the seeds that I make are in, uh, you know, just like probably like a, a Ziploc bag. Uh, you know, all the air pressed out. Kind of just fold it all up in another, you know, Pelican case. I have two of them. One for like packs of seeds that I try to just store long-term and I don't really pull my stuff out of the fridge. Uh, and then I have, uh, I also have seeds that are just, uh, you know, stored here in my garage that are, you know, I, I guess it's right about where you're saying 65, it's like 65 degrees. And, what is it? It's 66 and 57 you know, humidity in here right now. So it's pretty much like that all the time in here, unless it's like super hot in the summer. So it's just like what we were saying earlier, the parameter of, parameters of engagement, right? So with the seeds, moisture is your enemy. Fluctuation of temperatures is your enemy. Fluctuation yeah. of humidity is your enemy. So these are the, the, the parameters you have to engage. So as they were highlighting, you have a batch of seeds you want to keep. Just for argument's sake, you have 100. Maybe you put 25 into long-term storage with what we call the safe. We probably never plan to touch those again on emergency basis. Then you put little packs of how you might want to take them out. So for me, I keep some of them, but I only have a very limited refrigerator space. So if I have to access those, I have like maybe a minute, a minute and a half 
you know, that, that I have to just grab it and go. So I already kind of have to mentally know where they are. I have a little map or a picture. So when I do fly the fly, you know, or you take it out fast, rest it in the deep freeze and try to do your navigation there. Now, traditionally, there are different ways we learn it now. We keep the seeds well dry in the bud. The bud themselves, now, once you dry and cure your herb properly, it will keep the seeds naturally. And you find those will be wrapped in maybe something like dried banana leaf. And all these things have to be well dried. You don't want any form of moisture left in these things. You know, and then you might find them either in a flask bottle, like what you guys call a fifth. You know, find it like in a fifth, something like that. And apparently rice and cornmeal has been around for a long time because you find some of these old seeds with same way with rice or cornmeal mixed with it, you know, in the flask. And they will have this normally. Some of them keep them in like caves or they dig a hole and put it in because that is where you would keep the temperature cool you know so it depends how fast you're gonna access them you know in in the low line areas i've seen people actually put them in a bottle with the same rice and everything and then you put it in a tube like what you call an inner tube like those inflatable tubes you take to the beach or the park yeah waterproof it like and then put that in your hole you know so the fluctuations in temperature because say it's in your house it's gonna be hot in the day cool in the night hot in the day cool in the night Yes, you can do those with seeds that maybe you just harvested and you're going to plant those within maybe a year or within the next season. Fine. But if you're going to, you know, your long-term seeds, you're just going to think of keep them in that constant parameters and maybe Joshua Atomic can give you the, the accurate numbers, but, you know, whatever, 65 or 67, you know, in that range is good to keep them, you know? Yeah, no, I think you, 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 you said in a much more eloquent way what I was saying. It's, it's the rules of engagement. It's dry and cold, you know, mm -hmm. and constant. Constant is, is really the key. And constant is preferred over, over cold, you know, if I had to make the choice. And so for me, because I have to, that's what that was my answer. I was answering and saying, like, because I have to access my seeds because I sell them, um, you know, have some that are in storage that are in cold storage. but because I have to access most of my seeds I find, you know, and I don't have like the time to like wait for them to warm up to the temperature that I'm, you know, going to pop the jar in. So I just keep everything at this constant. And, um, and potent was right. You know, I do probably sacrifice my, the long-term viability of the seeds. Um, but I don't think it, I, I, I know that they're good for, for, for years and years and years. I mean, I have, I, I have 15 year old lettuce seed, you know, that I, that it's, that it's still got 70, 80% viability that, you know, that it's been in the same storage with everything else. Um, when I was, when I was doing veggies, I was buying a lot of veggie seed, you know, like as much as veggie seed as we buy and fucking weed seed, you know, I spent thousands of dollars a year on seed. Um, hey, uh, that reminds me of something. I got, uh, I got some pepper seeds from you. I got, oh, yeah, I, those, I got reapers. that big lot of seeds. I got the ghost of the reaper. Yeah. Ghost of the reaper. Yeah. I got some of those. The, they're, they're Carolina reapers. Um, and I did when they, when he first came out, 
they were expensive. They were like $10 a C just like, you know, whatever. So I, I've, like I said, thousands, tens of, about tens of thousands a year in, in vegetable seed. And so I, pr- I probably spent, you know, 800 bucks on fucking reaper seed. So that's not, a, that's not the ghost pepper times the Carolina reaper. That's not what it is. No, it's, it's a, no, it's the Carolina reaper. Oh, okay. Ghost yeah. of the reaper. That's I don't know said. why it says, that's what it said on there. Show me the package. There was actually a membrane and stuff still. There was just like a small thing of, that's why I figured there was a cross, like some cross you did or something of peppers. I don't know. Yeah, I got a lot of peppers. I'll have to, well, I'll have to get it out. I'm not doing it right now, but I'll send you. I'll send yeah, you yeah. Um, Either way, the, 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 the deal was I, I hunted a bunch of them in my, in my cold climate here where peppers don't grow. Like people have a really hard time growing peppers here. And the, the only, I kept pods from like two plants basically out of like, I don't know, there was like 800 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. But I didn't do anything with it past that. I just did that one step and just like, yeah. <laughs> just like my pumpkin project, lost the fucking seeds. <laughs> uh I hope I didn't throw them away, but I have I have like a whole uh, <coughs> you know, like six six plants with uh, with seeds that are just you know I never even separated the <coughs> the material from the seeds and I can't I can't find it. It was like I don't know. I hope it did get pitched out somehow. You know what I mean? Mixed up with trash somehow. It's terrible. There was a question in chat about what's the two top cultivars that you have, you know? I don't know if you want to... Mine? Two no. Top, uh, the two top cuts that got away. Oh, so they got away. So what's the two top cuts in the library now and then the two top cuts that got away? Uh, well, well, the two I run... Go ahead, you go first. You go. Give me some time. I would I would say like that's such a hard thing to answer, number one, but just like just just a quick off the top of my tongue, flavor-wise, the black wop gold um and the dog liquor are fucking really hitting, but so is that ghost OG lime pop, and so is the root beer. Um but that that's from a smoker's perspective, not from a breeder's perspective. I would change might change my opinion a little bit if, if it was like the top two that I'm breeding with. But um, the ones that got away, strawberry. I had a really good strawberry cough and a really good Obama Kush that I um, would would love to have back. And I potentially am getting a a, stra- a strawberry cough back, so. That would be epic. Let's see. Top two, top two that I that I am dealing with right now. Uh, I had I do G thirteen skunk. That's a, a Duke Diamond a Dominion cross, and uh, what was the other one? The two the two scoops uh, is like my most. My most sought after uh, stuff, and it also washes really good. So I, I, it does, and it's really fire rosin. So 
Yeah, the two scoops, uh, which is, I believe, from uh, Elevate Seeds, which I've heard people, like, hating on it. But, like, I, I found this crazy-ass fucking cultivar, you know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's definitely a keeper, you know what I mean? I've, I've had it for quite a while. And people, you know, it's just, like, it's, like, the go-to. And, Tommy uh, Two Scoops. Yeah, Tommy Two Scoops. I, I mean, that's... That's what I was called for a while. Uh, let's see. And then uh, the ones that got away would definitely be, uh, I know I know uh, the Ohio people are all about this this Death Star, but the dumpster is uh, was a was one that I used to grow back in Ohio a lot of, and it was all you know I, I love that one, the dumpster for sure, and. Uh, Oh, let's see. They got away. I don't know. I I, I could just say the dumpster. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something else that got away that I had that. I didn't. I definitely wasn't trying to lose that white when I had it. But I'm not. I'm not saying anything like that. Let's see. Well, that my blood sugar totally crashed the fuck out. You okay? Yeah, I just had to immediately get some Coca-Cola. You can see, like, on the camera, I'm whiter. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Wow. I haven't eaten anything before the show. I started smoking. I've been smoking for a couple hours, actually. That's something since COVID, I noticed that, like, if I smoke a shit ton, my blood sugar will crash. I don't know if you guys have had that problem. Um, I think that's a general like people, you know, want, to, you know, right? They, they some people like they get the munchies, you know, but like it's like probably a little misdirected, you know. Probably just need some fruit, good old candy. Some skittles. God, in my house, you gotta hide it right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you gotta hide the. I just went and had a mango <laughs> and uh, grabbed the Coca Cola, and I feel good now. No, no, mangoes. Fucking so many mangoes in season right now. I don't know about you there, Bob, in Jamaica, but although I do miss the stringies, we don't have stringies here, but the mangoes here are pretty bomb as well. Yeah, man, any mango good, you know, especially the local mangoes, not the hybrid, you know, table shit. Man. So you can't get local mangoes. Yeah, man, good vibe. Yeah, that's why. Mangoes really make a man go, you know? The, uh, um, if you've never been in the tropics, you've never had good mangoes. All the ones that ship to the U.S. are, like, not ripe at all, and, yeah, they're just not very good. That's all I get. <laughs> I still like them. <laughs> yeah, you just let them so, ripen up. No, they're, they're good still. We can get a good. So if you want to find good ones in the hood, and same thing if you want to find sweet sop like custard apples. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, um, uh, putting them. Uh, go to your canisteria and and uh, uh, like your local Mexican canisteria. A lot of times they'll have, a new, they call them anuna in Spanish, which is sweet sub. Or you can get like actually ripe mangoes that aren't aren't so bad. Like in Philly, that was the only way to get either one of those in any kind of decent quality. 
I have like a country ass uh, grocery store where they have organic produce and they have like a butcher, you know, a butcher counter with some, some you know, well, good, you know, tonight, you know, so I'll give thanks for the moment still and uh, check in with general and try to make this happen some other time soon, you know, you know, farm life. Sure, brother, man. It's good talking to you. Yeah, man. Thanks. Respect. Respect. Peace you know? out. I'm gonna have keep to keep up the work as well. Work, man, keep up the good works. You know what I mean? The information is vital, so I appreciate everything. Cheers, bro. Respect. Cheers, thank you. How do people find you there, Bob? On on IG. Yeah, man. It's Jim Coley, Bob. J I M C O O L I E B O B. Jim Cole Bob. And we we'll give thanks again, you know, for everything else. I give thanks for the moment, give thanks for life, and give thanks for what life has taught us, you know. So as we apply it, let life give us back what it needs, right? So we we'll give thanks. Thanks for coming, man. Appreciate it. We're talking. I'm going to also bounce out, you guys. Um, uh, it's time. Um, it's this time of it. year, like getting up early. I know. I'm going to go eat some candy. <laughs> uh, we talked about it. He's like, I'm running to the Quickie Mart for some Skittles and Starburst. <laughs> and fucking frozen uh, <laughs> ice cream. Yeah, ice cream Snickers would be good right now. Well, I have my, I have a, I have a six-year-old dude. He is like about it, like you know what I mean. He'd eat fucking candy for breakfast, lunch. And oh yeah, <laughs> I know that's my son. My son will be six. My son will be six this summer. So, yeah. If they got the metabolism for it, they can just power <laughs> through that. They don't pay for it like we do. Right. Well, it's just they always want it. That they like it's all he thinks about. You know. Like, we we have like a we we try to like you know. Once a week, Friday treat treat night. I feel that. Yeah. Well, anyways, guys, uh, you're taking off, out. man. I'll I'll try to I'll try to if I remember when I'm looking at that pepper pack. I'll uh, I'll send you the picture. But cool. Talk, maybe I'll call you this week. We'll just talk talk on the phone. Yeah, man. All right. All right, buddy. Good seeing you. Later, guys. Thank you, Ismail. Appreciate it. Thanks for um, coming. To yeah, for sure. Always uh, fun having you. And uh, it was fun having you on Dat Smoke Show yesterday. I did miss you because I had some other stuff I was doing here, but uh, it was cool to see you over there on the replay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I jumped on for a little bit. Then the phone started, got close to dying. You know, same thing. I had the munchies. I did the Irish goodbye. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, it, it's been fun hanging out, man. Uh, you know. Just uh, take care of yourself if you, you know. Don't go passing out on us or nothing. And I'll, uh, <laughs> uh, until next time or something, maybe the next Wednesday on the, that smoke show or something. Check it out. And uh, everyone out there, stay safe. And uh, I don't know, man. It was good hanging. Yeah, it was fun. I had one last question in chat. Where do I get my gibberellic acid? Um, you can get gibberellic acid in North America through Phytotech Labs. You can just Google Phytotech Labs and you can order it by the gram or kilo or whatever you want. Peace, everybody. All right. Peace.
Take it easy, Tommy. And uh, thanks everybody for watching the show. Uh, we have uh, upcoming elections here uh, next week or, and nine days now in Thailand, which could dramatically reshape the, uh, the landscape here in Thailand for the good or for the worse. Um, right now it's, uh, it's looking like they're gonna restrict cannabis quite a bit uh, after the elections, but no one really knows. So, but uh, yeah. We'll have a, a fun show for you guys here soon. I do apologize. I'm not quite sure what happened there uh, with our scheduling and stuff with, with Dave. He was having some technical issues this morning. So hopefully we can get him back on uh, maybe next week or the week after as a follow-up episode. Uh, thanks everybody that came in to watch. I'll make sure I get them added to the description. Rasta Bob, um, Tommy Tricombs, Dutch Blooms. That was really fun having a, a kind of a, a powwow show today. So and thank you all the listeners for watching. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. It's been a really wild uh, couple of weeks, especially with 420 and zipping around and then coming back to the farm and, and doing with a whole bunch of other stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll be, uh, back again next week. Uh, appreciate you guys. Sorry. We had a, a week or two off there, but, uh, we will be back on our normal schedule. I do have some recorded stuff. I need to uh, finish editing up and put out hopefully this weekend. I can get that all queued up for you guys too. So, all right, guys, take it easy. Appreciate you. Uh, have a good one. Don't forget, you can find all of our previous episodes on all the favorite podcast apps, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, all the things, Apple uh, and whatnot. And, um, uh, and have a good one. Cheers. <laughs>